Wait, that's actually, that's so on point. I think we all are curious, but then it's uh, the thing that might stop us is um, the judgment. Like you're we're self-judging, like, oh, I can't do that, or I'm not good at that, or whatever it is. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll be, we stop ourselves. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Lisa Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey you, how are you? Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast. Welcome back. If you've been here before, I hope you've been having fun uh, listening to all of these interviews. You know, I kind of have to pinch myself every time I get to do an interview with someone because I it doesn't feel real. I actually have been wanting to do a podcast for years. Um, if you've been listening to some of the recaps Brad and I talk about, we've been wanting to do them for a long time. And and now we're like in it. And I think uh, I think it's really, you know, the be it till you see it mantra, motto, it's challenging because it it feels a little fake and can feel a little cognitive dissonant. <laughs> that's a word. And I I want you to know that like you're not lying to yourself. You're acting as if, right? And so you're just stepping into that place. And so if you are struggling on some days being it till you see it versus other days, just know that on those days, like you're doing it. And on the other days, it's a vacation. <laughs> it's a day off. But I do, I do hope you continue to see yourself in other people's stories in these interviews. And and if something sticks with you, if something perks your interest, if something like makes you go, what? What is that? You're gonna love this interview because Tina Tang is our guest this week. And well, I don't want to give away what her action step is, but you uh, you will love it. And it is so interesting and it's pretty against the grain. And I'm excited about that. But Tina's interview is amazing. You're going to hear so much vulnerability. You can see it on YouTube. So, But you'll hear it if you're listening to this on your walk with your doggos. She's had a journey and she's had a life and it hasn't been all roses and unicorns and glitter like no one's has, right? And I think it's really easy for us to see people on Instagram, uh, see trainers or see influences of some kind and think, oh, it must be nice or it must be, you know, like it's so easy for them. But what I love about this interview is you hear that it's not easy. Actually, none of it is, you know, but what we learn from each thing that we do is really important and really incredible. And it takes us on this place. And, and so I really enjoy this conversation. I hope you do too. And can hear more about Tina, not only in this podcast, but you can go into the show notes, check out her incredible career journey. Uh, so for those of you who are like, uh, oh, I feel like I'm bopping around from thing to thing, you know, that is divine. And then it's a divine appointment. And in your, in your, and you, I think you'll really enjoy that. She started as a Goldman Sachs person and then she owned jewelry stores and now she's an incredible trainer. And so I really wanted to have her on for those of you who are thinking of doing the next thing, trying to leap into something. And you're wondering, oh, will people say, will people say, well, guess what? It doesn't really matter what they say, but uh, that's a spoiler alert. You'll get to listen to this whole podcast right after this message. Hey, Be It listener, you are listening to this because you literally want to be it till you see it and you want that motivation and inspiration every single week. And I freaking love you for that. And here's the thing. Last year, I created a 100 with me challenge. 100 with me, meaning you give yourself 100% and we do it together. 
And this month's theme is me, myself, and I. Why is that? Because after a year of what we've all been through, it is so easy to not be a me, myself, and I kind of person. And some people might even think that that's being pretty selfish and I would disagree. And I know you would too, because you're listening to this. We have to fill our cup first and we have to practice doing that. And that takes accountability and it takes community. And I have my 100 with me challenge coming up. I want you in it. In fact, I want you and all your friends in it because here is the deal. When you have your friends and family doing something with you together, you change your environment. When your environment changes, big things happen. So go to 100withme.com to sign up. That's 100withme.com, the number 100withme.com to sign up for this challenge. We start in October. We have live workouts together. We have hangout sessions together. We have a group where we can connect together and really share what's going on, what's holding us up from actually doing the things that we say we want to do for ourselves. And the reason we are doing it with Pilates is A, I'm a Pilates teacher, but B, when we connect with ourselves on the mat, we can connect more to others. We can connect to our goals better. How we practice our Pilates is how we practice everything in life. And I know this to be true. We have so many of our OBC members who tell us this, right? So if you've never done Pilates, do not worry about it. I got intro classes for you. And this is the best place to start because you have me in your ear helping you answering your questions. So go to 100withme.com. Join us for this challenge. It's my last challenge for the year. And I really hope you join us. 100withme.com. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Be It Till You See It with Tina Tang. Oh my gosh. Okay. Y'all, there are my friend Erica Quest, who's been a guest on the show, talks about divine appointments. And I feel like this is one of them. Um, we pro- I don't know that we ever would have met had it not been for a mastermind that we are in together. But what's so funny is she and I share this like love for jewelry. And um, <laughs> and also I think in a past life before the recession, we may have actually even been working a lot in the same industry and not even known it. So it's just really funny. So Tina, I'm so glad you're here. Will you tell everyone um, who you are and what you're up to? Yeah. So my name is Tina Tang and how I like to describe myself is I'm a fit at 50 strength coach because I got into uh, strength training, you know, in midlife. So that's why I guess I always like to point out age because people don't like to think about their age, but I think it's wonderful to celebrate age, especially as you're working on, um, I guess being a stronger person. Yeah. I love that you said that fit, fit at 50. Um, I also just feel like when is midlife anymore? Because, you know, people are living till they're hundred. I just watched there's an Olympics for like people who are in their like a hundred years old. There's like an actual, like race. And there was a 102 year old who was doing a hundred yard dash. And I oh actually God. think they might <laughs> run faster than me. I actually, <laughs> it was really impressive. So like, you know, I find it, um, I, I do understand like there's such a weird thing about age. Um, and it, and it's so strange because I feel like it doesn't really mean anything anymore, but for whatever reason yeah. it does mean things, you know, in, in our lives. Yeah. There's one thing that I live like in powerlifting and I think actually in some other strength, um, competitions when you're 50 and older, you're called the master. And I'm okay with that name. I like it. <laughs> this is the masters. <laughs> yes. Oh my. Yes. I love that. That's better than like silver sneakers, which is like yes. something that yes. I really struggle with. Cause I'm like, but what if you die? Like I will forever have red roots died. <laughs> I will always have my roots died. Cause y'all, this is not my real hair color. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, anyways, so you got into fitness later in life and, um, 
you know, I, I, I love that because I think so often people think, oh, it's too late for me. Oh, you know, um, like starting anything new is so hard. Can you talk about like what prompted you get started and how did you overcome the idea of like starting later in your life, which yeah, is still no. early y'all in life, but just <laughs> yeah, for the context of this. Yeah. It's uh, so like, I think sometimes, uh, whenever we make a change or transition, it's because we're in some kind of uncomfortable place, right? When I did a career switch, but for strength training, uh, I was going through a divorce at that time and it was a very difficult divorce. Um, so I would leave my apartment to not be lonely and I would actually go to the local gym and I wasn't a gym rat. I was, it was just somewhere across the street that I could go and I was like, oh, I'll try taking classes. Um, and in those classes, when I started strength training, like, cause the classes are, they're kind of hit, but it, it had a lot of strength elements. And I'd always be asking the teacher questions like, well, how do you do this? And why are we doing that? Um, and that's how I got started. I mean, I eventually ended up taking a personal training course, but for self-enrichment, but that's how it started. Just being in a position that was uncomfortable and me just trying to figure stuff out for myself. So that's, you know, I, you're so right. I think that we so badly want to get out of pain that like, we're so focused on getting out of the pain. I'm like, why am I in this situation? And I can think of all the things that I'm so grateful for right now came out of those uncomfortable moments of like wanting to get out. And I think, um, you know, it's so easy for us to want to like save our friends from something that's terrible or our family members, or I don't have a kid, but I see parents like really worrying about like the mistakes their kids can make. And like, obviously there's some things we don't want them to make, but like at the same time, like you can't really take away people's like rock bottoms or cause like, that's kind of where like beauty grows from, you know? Yeah, that is very true. Yeah. It's, it's hard sitting in those moments where, where you have to just be, whether you're feeling down or like you said, uh, or in pain, but without going through it, you can't really heal. I know that sounds so, so squishy, but, uh, it's always easier saying it after you've been through it. Like, oh yeah, I needed that. <laughs> right. But like, I, I understand why, like, cause it's like, oh, of course they'd say that. Cause they're on the other side, but like when you're in it, it's true. You're in it, but you got curious and you're like lonely and you wanted to get out of the house and there was a gym. And so you, you took that first next step, um, without being a gym rat without, <laughs> what was that like the yeah. first time? Like you're like, okay, I'm gonna go to the gym. Was that uncomfortable? Was it weird? Were you excited about it? It is uncomfortable. And I think a lot of uh, women feel that way, especially there's that part of the gym where you see the giant dumbbells or even the barbells. Uh, so I think that's why a lot of women probably take classes. It's a, it's a nice transition where you feel like you're guided. There's other women around. And then uh, I guess in figuring out how you can go to the next levels when it gets scary. That's why I actually took, it was like an intensive personal training course. Cause I was like, I want to know how to use all the stuff that we don't use in class, like the scary part of the gym. Um, and, you know, and unexpectedly it's what kind of launched me into my fitness career. Um, but yes, it was, it, it is scary going to that part. And then once you have a little bit of guidance, cause I think sometimes when we're younger, like younger teenage boys might lift together, but um, teenage girls were not, we, they we don't know. Really. I was in sports. <laughs> no one, you know, I went to, the gym because I had been studying some other runners and I heard them talk about what they did at the gym. And I'm like, wait, they don't just run. They do other things. And it was like, so I did a lot of stuff to strengthen my whole body because when you're running, it's like <laughs> great strong legs. And then like your upper body is like dwindling. And, <laughs> um, 
And so it's true, but no one, like I was one of few girls that were there and the other women that were there. I remember at my gym when I was a teenager in high school, they were like these big power lifters, like 80 stuff. <laughs> You know, like just like the the whole thing, and I was like, oh, I don't. That doesn't look fun for me. But now, now I know differently, and I, you know, I I judge it in a completely different way, and I love to lift weights. But it was such an interesting. There wasn't anyone there, you know, to make me feel comfortable mm -hmm. because it just wasn't a lot of women doing it. So yeah, have you always been that kind of curiosity? You know, like is that something? Because I wonder about. Um, you know, were you always someone who's like, oh, I'm really interested in this. Okay. Now I'll go do this. Or is it just something like because of the situation you're in, you got curious and then you wanted to know more? Uh, I think, I think, uh, I'm, I would never categorize myself as like extreme curiosity person, but I think, um, if I'm interested in something, I'll go try it out. I won't necessarily know if what it might turn into, but I'll take a class or, or check it out. Or even if it's a book or a podcast or whatever, I, I want to, uh, take a little, dip my toe in. But I think that's, um, I think that's natural for people. I think it's just going in without expectations. You no, you're, I, I actually, cause I used to think that maybe I wasn't a curious enough person, which <laughs> it's my, own. What? You're <laughs> my, my recovering overachiever at work. Y'all like this is literally, <laughs> you can understand why it's recovering overachiever mm -hmm. and not recovered because I'm like, maybe I'm not curious enough. I wonder how I get more curious. And I, <laughs> like watch like detective shows. I'm like, how are they so like, why are they thinking, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, I think a lot of it's actually just being present versus not being present. I think that general curiosity as human beings happens just when you're present versus not, and like kind of going deeper than the statement or the judgment of your thoughts. But, um, but I, yeah, wait, wait, that's actually, that's so on point. I think we all are curious, but then it's, uh, the thing that might stop us is, um, the judgment like you're self-judging, like, oh, I can't do that. Or I'm not good at that or whatever it is. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll be, we stop ourselves. 100%. And I know that, so you're a trainer now. And, and so basically later in life, you've started to go into the gym because you were looking to be around some people and the classes were fun. And then out of curiosity, you took a training, but now you train yeah. women. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people, like I grew up with a family where my parents are still doing the same job that they did. Like, well, my dad's retired, but like they just, my mom's been a teacher. She's been a teacher forever. Right. And yeah. I have, I mean, I've, I've been a plaza teacher for 14 years, but like within being a plaza teacher, then I got the business coaching and now I've got this and now I'm running this company. And it's like, um, I think a lot of people struggle with that whole, like, well, I'll, most of the people they ever saw just did one thing. And then there's this like, judgment around, well, I'm supposed to find my one thing. And, yeah. um, and then, but, but you, like you had this amazing jewelry company and now you have an amazing training business. What was it like for you to switch careers and what was, what was the impetus? Like what, what drew you to becoming a trainer? Oh, that's so, you know, again, it's like situation and, um, uh, uncomfortable situation. So let's see, I was, I had my, my jewelry stores, uh, in Manhattan. And then that's when I was starting to go through the divorce. And then 2008 happened, the financial crisis. Oh. And you remember this for, for also when you were in retail, it we were both the, in retail at the same time. Yeah. So you owned yep. shops and I was managing them and it was, yep. you could see it. You could like see the writing yep. on the wall. This is not going well for us. <laughs> yeah. You know, what was so interesting, Leslie is at that time it was like 2008. And then I think 
maybe on, no, not on purpose. That was the rise of Amazon too. Yeah. So it was like people were shopping online and there was a financial crisis. Yeah. And that was like a double whammy for brick and mortar. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so at that time I, th- I was like, okay, let me just uh, downsize. Uh, I'll just have like a small booth within, um, uh, I don't know if you know, in New York city, there was a place called limelight. It became like a little, Oh, uh, was it like a mall thing. without walls? Cause that's what Fred Siegel was. I used to work at Fred Siegel and it was like a few stores, uh, but no walls. It's actually in an old church. Cool. Yeah, yeah, no walls. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> And um, that's when I had taken the personal training intensive. It was like several weekends long. And then it was actually with Equinox and they're like, oh, um, we, if you're interested, it was a feeder into their, into their gym. So like, oh, you can always apply to be a personal trainer at the same time. So I somewhere in my mind, I was like, oh, I could do both. I can run my jewelry company and then also do training, which is actually not. Okay, <laughs> to make one thing grow, you can't do two separate things. I'll tell you, I thought the same thing. I was like, I'll become a Pilates instructor on the side to pay for my Pilates habit and I'll run this jewelry store over here. And then um, what ends up happening is like one of them is going to take more of your time. Yes. And I got so busy teaching, I had to re- like downsize my time at the jewelry store and then that wasn't going to work. So I just ended up quitting and it was like, I was like, whoa, this is not the plan. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. That's how it is. Like funny how life is like, you're, you're trying one thing you didn't expect to go in this direction, Mm -mm. but it's kind of like you tried it and then your passions are bringing you there. Or at that time, your interest is going that way. Like you were transitioning out of the the retail and being in in that business for so long. Yeah. That's totally it. Unpredictable. So did you end up working for them? Is that what ended up happening? I did. Yeah. So I was at Equinox for about three years and it's a great place to start as a young trainer because they, they do educate people. Yeah. They don't pay well, but they educate you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I always tell people if you are, if you're in the States or they are also in, a, in London, um, like, and you have the opportunity, it is a great way to learn how to run your own business because you have to get new clients, but they're all in a box. They're all right there. You just have to stand there and smile, you know, like did you work there for a little bit or you, uh, I worked uh, there for I, six years. Oh, seven that's years. Right. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I work, I worked started there in 2009. I left in 2016. So just like too much shy of, of ex- being exactly, um, on the dot, but yeah, I, I think it's, um, it, mm-hmm. you know, if you are afraid of, of talking to people on the street <laughs> about your business, it's a great place to, to get warmed up and get started. Um, so, so yeah. then, so, okay. So, you know, um, I think, I think some of the things that hold people back from doing the next thing is like what people will say, like, you know, what, how people perceive it, like, mm-hmm. uh, what if it doesn't work? What, how is that for you? Like, did, did, was everyone excited for you? Did you have people going, what are you doing, Tina? Like, <laughs> I'll tell you when I, uh, before doing uh, jewelry, I was, uh, I worked at Goldman Sachs. I was a trader. I didn't tell my parents I was thinking of quitting. I had just called them like after I quit quitting like, Hey, just letting you know, you know, I, uh, quit Goldman Sachs. It was completely silent on the phone. <laughs> like so silent. I was, I had, I thought maybe I lost connection, you know, hello. <laughs> hello. So I think it, it's hard. And also, uh, in describing like being a trainer, uh, when I had been divorced and started dating, I, you know, I even went out with someone who said, Oh, I hesitated contacting you because you were a trainer. So I figured you would not be he figured I might not be very smart to talk to. So, oh my God, what a jerk. And also like he needs to meet more people, <laughs> you know, like, I think, 
Yeah, yeah. I think people, there's just going to be always some kind of uh, judgment. Yeah, and he needs to meet more people. <laughs> I mean, that's just that that's on him and a loss for him because uh, he, you know, but uh, but also maybe you surprise him and change his stereotype around how like, smart people are. Some of the smartest <laughs> I people so. I know are trainers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, so, okay. So obviously parents, uh, we're not super excited about quitting yeah. Goldman Sachs. So have your own jewelry stores, which are very successful because you had multiple, but so how did they take you? Cause I think a lot of people like real, their parents opinion or thoughts like really do keep them from doing that next thing or even just like their friends. And so how did they take it when you're like, okay, I'm a trainer now. Like, had you worn them down? Like, were they like, all right, she's obviously just doing her own dance or were they, was there, is there excitement? <laughs> are they excited that you're a trainer? How's it going? Oh, I'm not sure. Remember these are Asian parents. I'll give you a story. <laughs> Leslie. I, went, I was visiting them last year. This is like, uh, a little bit pre COVID we went out to lunch, you know, to somewhere where only old Chinese people would go. And they saw some friends. The friends came over to our lunch table. And my mom's like, this is my homeless daughter, Tina, <laughs> because I rent. Oh I don't own a house, so I'm homeless. Oh. So I think it's just sometimes you're just never going to be. You're right. You, to be. you know, and I love, thank you for sharing that story. And I'm sure <laughs> people are like, oh my God, these woman's parents, but at the same time, like but they are the, who they at are. At the same time, they did say, hmm? go ahead. Yeah. That's exactly it. Oh, and I was gonna say, and then then um she added on um my other daughter, Dr. Tang, is whatever she my sister was doing. So it's kind of like, you know, you're just gonna have but I but I again I'm so glad you're sharing the story because like it hasn't stopped you from going after what you are passionate about right now. And we aren't gonna please everybody. No. Yeah. So, I mean, it is really hard to, to, I think, especially when parents don't, cause you know, no matter, even if like I'm 50, I still like, I still like, Oh, how come my sister's birthday cards, my mom always make it to the wall and mine doesn't, you know, mine don't, yeah. but I learned that she likes a certain kind of card. Hallmark <laughs> cards are her love language. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so I guess like, how have you like, how have you re reconciled that so that you don't, whether it's your parents or anyone else, how do you reconcile that? So other people's opinions of what you're doing, don't stop you from doing it. Oh, that, you know, I, I don't know if there's a formula. I think I just, cause I want to do it. So I just do, you know, and then sometimes, you know, I think it's very human to sometimes question like, Oh, if I had stayed with X, Y, Z, would I be somewhere different? But, you know, we just have different paths, you know? Yeah, no, we, you're, you're 100% correct. And I, um, I think it's, I, I just, I'm so glad you're sharing this because I just, I just know that our, some, our listeners, like they have this dream, but somebody questions it and it puts a doubt in their mind. And I think it's like, you know, our friends and family, their questions of doubt more has so much to do with them than it does with us. Yes. Yes. Actually, that's a really good point. So like for my parents, they're judgy is because they fled a, a war-torn country. <clears throat> so for them, it's like security is a kind of job that has nothing to do with passion, but just straight up financial security. So yeah, anything they think is completely related to their own issues. Exactly. And that's the hard thing, I think, to to try to reconcile for like, oh, anytime someone says something to you or they make a comment about the way you look, it's really like a reflection of what's going on inside them. And we just have to remind ourselves that. Right, right. That is 
and that's the hardest thing because especially if the thing that they hit was something that you're already self-conscious about uh yes. that can be <laughs> that can be uh you know i was talking with my therapist about something and she's like it's it was a situation and she's like well you 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 being you triggered something in her and mm -hmm. that is her thing yeah and you have your things but that is her thing and i was like oh that is true. That is her thing. And so when people are being themselves and you being yourself trigger something in them, it is, it is kind of okay to go. And that's, that's her thing. And that's their thing. And that it makes sense that they would think those things because they, they, what they know, they fought so hard, you know, and they're yeah. like, this is what security is. And they don't know that there can be security in so many other things, you know? So, yes. Um, I want to talk about women working out and getting strong you know, um, uh, and your passion is women over 40 or over 50? Over 40. But I think, um, uh, a lot of, because I'm 50, like I understand what, especially going through menopause, I might even be post-menopause right now officially, but, uh, knowing these struggles, but I, in knowing these struggles, I, uh, I see even more so how important strength training is at least starting in your forties. Cause sometimes by 50, when, um, so there's a statistic that, that sticks out in my head. It's 67% of women in their fifties have either osteoporosis or low bone mass. And that really sticks out in my head. I'm like, Oh, that means also that in order to not be that you'll have started, have started some kind of weight bearing exercise before that age. So over forties, over fifties. Awesome. So what do you think? Um, I mean, obviously for so many reasons, bone health and just general health is great. And that's why you should strengthen. But like, what do you see most change when women uh, start to lift weights and, and, and work out? Like, do you see changes in how they see themselves? Do you see changes in how they, uh, engage or go after things? Like what are some of the other byproducts besides like being strong or strengthening your bones? That's such a, oh, such a, that's such a you question. I love it. Um, I can, <laughs> it, I mean, it really is. Cause especially since we're, we, we are coaches, we see it. Um, I can tell you, let's see, I have a couple of clients that are in their uh, mid fifties and they re recently got to their first push up. So literally they're like, I feel like I'm seven and telling my mom like, Oh my God, I did it. I did it. So I think it's just like this excitement and, uh, because it's something unexpected. They never thought they could do that in their fifties cause they never did it before. So it's like surprise at what they could do, even at an age where it seems like you can't really, you're just going downhill, you know, like mm -hmm. technically people think that's it's what going they tell downhill. us. That's what all the media tells us. They th we're going downhill after a certain age yeah. and they stop selling you anything. They stop everyone over 50, you're not going to get those ads anymore for clothes or anything. <laughs> it's just yeah. It's like, hello, this is where the spending money's at. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's a woman that I'm hoping to interview soon. She has a whole newsletter on products and businesses, uh, about that are actually directed towards women over 40. Um, oh, that's so awesome. It's wait, really cool. Oh, I, will, I can't wait to hear that. I one. know. I know. I gotta get the information. I wish I could shout her out right now, but, um, but I don't have all of it. I just, I'm excited about, about talking with her, but it's, it's such an interesting thing that there are so many women in that age group, uh, that is where the expendable income is that the right word, like mm -hmm. extra income is. And, um, and people, very few people target it and they just go, Oh, whatever you've reached a certain age. And so you just like, it's, um, I love that. I love that they do a push up and they're celebrating because it is so true. Like we, we think because we haven't done it, we can't do it, but it's actually like, well, it's cause you haven't done it that you can't do it. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So 
you know, I want to just touch base a little bit, um, on, uh, anyone who might be like going through a divorce or ending something, they might have lost their job, something like that. Cause they're all very similar. Um, yeah. What was it for, aside from like, was it the working out that helped you with that? Or like, what was it that helped you kind of like get over that experience in your life? Like what were the, what was the, what was going through your head that you're just like, how did you feel about yourself? And then how did you get yourself to where you are? First of all, anyone that's listening, that's uh, getting a divorce or divorced, congratulations. <laughs> I know none of us want to hear uh, when we're going through it. Nobody wants to hear, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, no, congratulations. <laughs> it's a new stage in your life. Um, and I have to say it is probably for most people, at least for me, is one of the darkest times. So in assuming that you're going to get through it uh, smoothly is, I mean, unless it was a very short marriage, you know, like, you know, like a quick mistake kind of thing, like, oh, we should get married. Oh, never mind. Um, I think it's going to be the darkest time in most people, people's lives, which is okay. Cause then you come out eventually on the other side, you feel sad, you feel lost. You question like, what was I thinking when I made that choice? But at that time when you said yes and wanted to, it was right. You know, it was right. And all the things aligned with you and this other person at that time. And then just whatever it was, the reasons, uh, the paths that we went through just kind of diverged. Um, so I think, and I, for women, this is going to be um, most relevant since we have such a good support system. I would not have gotten through that without my best friend. I think I even stayed with her in her apartment for a month during that time. Um, I mean, I know I went to the gym and everything, but yeah, I think it's just your your social support yeah. of having an unjudging friend. And most friends, I think best friends are not going to judge. You know, yeah. They're there. They're there for the for everything. Oh, thank you for saying that. I do think it's like, I feel for people who go through it because there's just so, again, so much that the outside world puts on us about a divorce. Like it's a failure or it's like, like the, like, how could you let this happen? You must've done something. Um, how, like, and it's like why we don't look at them as successes. And like, that was the length of relationship and you did all of that with that person. And now it's like, you know, the next stage. And mm -hmm. I am always impressed. And I think I fall into this, like, as a, in an interesting way, like when I hear people like, my friends just celebrated 25 years of marriage. And I was like, that is amazing. But like, it's also amazing if you had a 10 year marriage and it ended, like it's still an incredible mm -hmm. time to, to, to be. So I, I think it's great for us to acknowledge that it's a celebration that you're on this next journey. And, um, yeah. and also like you, I love that you said, um, lean into your support system. I think that's, I think we withdraw. I think when we, mm -hmm. as, and I don't know if it's embarrassment or, uh, uh, just thinking that people might say something that they, we have no idea what's going on in their minds. But, um, I know when I left my ex, um, thankfully <laughs> I had a few people in my life whose couches I could stay on, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, which is very helpful because it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, untangle and unweave a life you had with someone to get going on the next thing. It's not like you just go, okay, I made this decision and I get the next yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there is like, it's like even, and then I'm sure you think of it now, like when you look back at the relationship, you're like, Oh God, that seemed like a different person too. You know? Right. Both people. No, I, um, I, I, I share this a lot with people when they go through any kind of a breakup or like they leave a job that they're like, this is like the worst thing for me. It's like, I remember I went, I had a different therapist at the time and I had quit her, um, uh, during, during my relationship. And I called her up when I left him and I was like, I got into the meeting. And I said, okay, you can just say, I told you so. And she said, well, I won't say that. She's like, because I had no idea what was going to happen. She's like, but 
you have to ask yourself, like, what were the red flags you ignored in the beginning? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause there were, th- there were signs that you ignored and, and so what were those? And then you just have to ask that way when you go dating or you go looking for another job or whatever it is, you just ask yourself like, how red is this flag? Is it orange? Is it yellow? Yeah. Uh, and you can like pull the strings. Like I remember I was on a date and somebody said something. I was like, Ooh, red flag. But instead of just judging it, I said, Oh, tell me more about that. You know, explain that to me. What is that? And so, um, and so I got to learn so much more about myself in that. And then also I can see why the me before said yes to those things. And I can see why the me before went into that relationship. And I can see why the me before stayed in that relationship because like we, we don't, we forget that we were someone else. Like we are constantly changing. We're constantly learning. Yeah. It's, it's true. Like, or whatever it was at that time in your life, you needed that whatever that energy was or what they did and stuff. Uh, like with my ex-husband, I wouldn't have had jewelry stores without him. Cause he was a, um, he was an electrician who could build, he was like a union electrician. So he built out most of my stores. So I wouldn't have done that without him. You know what I mean? Oh, you're, I wouldn't have written my book without my ex because he was one who's like, you have to write this book. And I was like, I'm not an oh, author. Really? Like who would read a book for me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it was, we made, we made the right decision. We needed that at that moment in our yeah, lives. Yeah. Everyone, like, you know, everything's happening for us and, um, it's all part of it and you get to, it's easier to connect the dots when you're on the other side. It's a lot harder when you're in it. So it's just like, <laughs> yes. you know, yes. so I'm just so grateful for you sharing the story. I really think that like, um, you've, you're, you're living such a full life and you are exploring and you're, uh, what you're passionate about and that's becoming like, and that's the world you live in. I think it's really cool, Tina. Um, I, I wonder like, um, what is, what are you, what are you excited about now? Like, what are you working on right now that you're, that's getting you excited? I have a, I'm trying to think of the way to describe it. It's an online strength class community that I founded with, um, actually someone we met also through our coach, our business coach. So we co-founded it together and it's, basically live strength classes, um, and a community called straight up strong. Um, and we just, it's, it's been our, it's our one year anniversary and, and I'm really excited to keep it growing. Cause it's, it's just really fun to watch all these women. And I think our average age is like women, they're around 47. Like if you average out everybody just getting stronger and doing all this stuff at home and feeling really good about themselves. So that's, I think that's what I'm most excited about right now. Oh, that's so beautiful. Um, we had on, I guessed, uh, Sandra Chuma and her father had said, your success will mean nothing if it, you don't bring people with you. And oh, I love that. Isn't that so good? And so when you share your, like, I just knowing you and how passionate you're about bringing these women along and helping them strengthen, you bring them in a group together. Like it just made me think of that. Like, you know, like your, because of how you're doing with these women in a group, like it's just, you know, your success is like unstoppable because of like, you're bringing people with you on this journey. Can I have you in my back pocket so you can tell me good stuff like that all the time? <laughs> yeah, this whole this is recorded, so you can. <laughs> That's why we're all listening to this. <laughs> so fun, Tina. I'm uh, I love this so much. Um, so y'all, we're going to uh, keep this going after this brief message. As you know, you cannot fit you in around everything else. Instead, I have my students schedule their life around their Pilates. I want to give you a free thirty-minute Pilates workout. Go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash beitpod. Again, onlinepilatesclasses.com slash B-E-I-T-P-O-D. And let me help you make time for you. 
At OPC, our 30-minute workouts help you do life better. Okay, where can people find you? Where can they stalk you? Where can they work out with you? Oh, I love it. Uh, on Instagram, I'm ironstrongfit. Um, and then my group classes, uh, you can find on Instagram or uh, on the website, but it's called Straight Up Strong. So that's the Instagram handle or the website is straightupstrong.com. Love that so much. Okay. So we ask every guest because I love people's stories. I think they're super inspiring. Like they're, it's, you know, there's all lots, lots of good stuff here. And, and then if people are sitting and taking notes, I'm sure they got some good things, but just in case they need sound bites of like, what are some things they can do right now, uh, to prioritize being it till they see it. So I like to think of being it till you see it. I've made it bold, executable, intrinsic, or targeted steps that they could take right now. Don't follow your passion, follow your curiosity. Oh, oh, I like <laughs> that. Tell me, but tell me more. Like what, uh, why, why follow, why, why not follow the passion? Cause a lot of people go, oh, do what you're passionate about. You'll be like rich forever. Cause I think it's hard for people to sometimes know what you're passionate about. Like as a kid, I've always been artistic. I, and so it's natural. I ended up designing jewelry, but you know, there's a lot of people who are like, I don't know what I mean. I played this or I did that when I was younger. Um, but you won't know what you're good at or passionate about until you kind of test it out. Like, uh, you know what I mean? So you're 100% like we, because whenever I hear those like memes about follow your passions and you'll be happy forever. It's like, if you are on the depths of something, like you just got out of a divorce or you just lost your job. It's really hard to feel passionate about anything. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I appreciate your honesty there. That is such a good one. I think, um, can, uh, might pique people's curiosity. Like, I'm always surprised when someone's like, oh, I love pole dancing. I'm like, how did they find pole dancing? They, you know, they obviously were curious about it. <laughs> right. That's, I mean, oh, that's such a good one. Well, Tina, thank you for that. I think everyone can start to be more curious this week and just follow those and see where it leads you. And then do us a huge favor, screenshot this, tag Ironstrong Fitness. Is that what your handle is? Ironstrong Fitness? Oh, Iron Strong Fit. Iron Strong Fit. Excuse me. Yeah. It's in the show notes, everyone. <laughs> Messy action over here. Screenshot this tag, Iron Strong Fit, and be it pod, and let us know what you're being curious about. Let us know what your takeaways were so that not only can Tina hear what you loved about this, but other people can as well. And that's how we get this podcast out. Um, and until next time, be it till you see it. this episode of the be it till you see it podcast one thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast also make sure to introduce yourself over at the be it pod on instagram i would love to know more about you share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it help us and others be it till you see it have an awesome day You see it is a production of As the Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Kevin and Bell at Desenio handle all of our audio editing and some social media content. 
Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music and our branding by designer and artist Gianfranco Cioffi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mondal, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you can. And to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. 